What does it take to create a vibrant, thriving life? First, the sad news is that Thoreau was right. Most people are leading quiet lives of desperation, lacking in meaning, fulfillment, and vitality. But we choose more. We choose to create extraordinary lives. And the Art of Vibrant Living show entertains you with inspiration, empowerment, and education to create your life into a masterpiece. It's time. Let's vibe up. All right. Hello, everybody. Aloha and welcome to the show. I'm Daniel Aaron, your host, and we have an amazing show for you today. I'm so excited for y'all to meet, learn from, and uh, really get blessed up by Robert Butwin. I will introduce him more in a moment. First, though, um, as so many people have reached out to me personally and to us here collectively on the island of Maui, one, thank you. Um, and two, yes, it is that bad. And no, it's not that bad. The important thing that I want to share with y'all is, yeah, there's been some really big devastation. There's been loss of life. There's been a lot of trauma. Um, most of that is isolated to a specific area. The rest of Maui is, um, while we're all feeling it and we're all dealing with it and taking care of our community, and one of the ways we're taking care of our community is letting people know that the rest of the island is open for business and tourism, and it is okay. Don't, of course, you're not coming here to go to Lahaina, though if you're coming to Maui, um, that's great. We appreciate that. Thank you for the for the well wishes and um you know, collectively, we're doing everything we can to support the people that are um, have been and are suffering the most. So with that said, one of the best things that any of us can ever do for others and for the world is to increase our own vibration, to live a life of vitality, of purpose, of love. And that's the purpose of what this show is all about. It's, you know, from my own discovery as a kid, being fat, shy, and depressed, having a vibrant, thriving, amazing, extraordinary life. For most of us, it doesn't happen accidentally. It takes overcoming some programs. It takes intention. It takes some practice and effort. And so that's what we're all about on this show is bringing you the wisdom via some people that are really living that and walking that talk. And specifically today, we have just one of the most beautiful exemplars of that Robert Butwin, who uh, I'll steal his thunder right now. I can do that because we're a friend. He'll tell you that with Robert, you can only, you can do nothing but win. That is his name. Um, he's a magician of business. He's a master strategist. He is an incredible networker, which is something we're going to get into because he's got so much to teach about that. Even on, in the networking hall of fame, he's uh, a great author. And I think maybe the best tribute I can say to Robert in terms of who he is as a man and as a businessman is one, very spiritual, two, huge heart. And he does the work he does helping people, coaching them without, uh, without pay. You know, and that was how I met him was when I was launching my book. He said, yeah, how can I help you? And, you know, I just want to want to help however I can. And yeah, maybe we'll do some business down the road. But right now, what can I do to help things for you? Um, and it's such a, a beautiful example of walking the talk. So 
He is the real deal, and I am so excited to introduce him to y'all. So here we go. Robert, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. You know, I'm really grateful, number one, to be on the show, but more grateful even with what today is in my life. You know, you talk about the vibrant living, but so, and why I say it's so grateful, because I'm celebrating today. It just so happens, and I'm going to make it. I'm going to renew a commitment. Today's my 37th year anniversary of being married. And every year on our anniversary, we recommit for another, well, it'll be for another 37 years tonight. So, and we're going out to dinner afterwards. So I'm celebrating. I'm grateful. I'm really looking forward to sharing the perspectives and insights that we're going to talk about today. Wow. Well, you know, you, 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 could, you could be a guest expert just by the fact that you've been married for 37 years. And not just that you've been married for 37 years, though. I know that the love and the respect that you carry for your wife, I've heard it and seen it in you so many times. Um, that's an achievement in, unto itself. Um, and, you know, and I know, Robert, um, you didn't come to be who you are by accident, right? You've got um, an interesting background that you chose to, in some ways, step away from in order to create yourself. Would you would you share with with our audience a little bit about you know how you, how you got here and how you're into the work that you are into now? Happy to do that. Um, I grew up in our family our family business. They started the high school award cheerleading jacket business in the 1930s, 1938. The challenge, a couple challenges. There's too much family in our family business, number one. And my dad believed that if it worked if it worked in the past, it would work in the future. And one of the things I came to the realization early on in my entrepreneurial journey is that you need to, number one, recognize the changes that happen and embrace the changes. So I came to the realization that ultimately there was something out there that was different, better. I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be. I knew that once I left the family business, that that door would not reopen because I was the guy that got person that was always looking to make certain kinds of changes. So I started off um, as far as one of my journeys out of the family business, I ended up running a nightclub with no experience in the nightclub business. Um, and I brought a club where the owner had sabotaged it back to the number one club in the Twin Cities. And then all of a sudden I found out that they were selling the club. I wanted to buy the club. But in the meantime, that was probably the greatest thing that actually did happen because if I would have bought the club, I would have never met my wife. Um, but, you know, shortly thereafter, I came across a cassette tape series. For those of you that are old enough and remember what cassette tapes are, it was by Wayne Dyer. It was called No Limit Person. And so I started listening to this and the key things that I got out of it, that whatever is in your life, you're responsible for that being there. Once you take responsibility for what is, you can take it for what will be. But unfortunately, most people end up settling. They're in a state of denial. And I love the acronym of denial, which is don't even notice. I am lying. So they don't take responsibility for what is. And so that was one of those defining moments in my journey. I ended up turning my car into a university on wheels. And I started reprogramming my mindset. I came across things from Jim Rohn, from Dr. Robert Anthony, Zig Ziglar, Michael Gerber, on and on and on. Because I knew for things to change, I needed to change. 
and I needed to reset my mindset so that I could recreate the movie of my life the way I wanted it to be. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, it's so powerful. And, you know, and I imagine it took a lot of, uh, you know, to, to have a family background that um, was successful and where you could have in some ways rode on the coattails of that to step away and, and, and recreate yourself and decide, you know, I'm going to forge my own path. That took courage. Um, and then to say, hey, there's there's something else out there and I need to learn learn. I need to, I need to learn what to do, how to create myself. That takes humility and, and I would say wisdom, right? So there's a lot of courage and wisdom in all of that. Um, so let's, let's shift gears a little bit though, because I really want to jump right into this, Robert, with you, because you're the best person I know to talk about this. I, I know for myself and part of it's because I'm introverted, I'm thinking about the world of networking. And I remember you know, when I first got into business 20 something years ago, almost 30 years ago, and I heard about networking, I had this preconception that that was schmoozing, right? That networking is all about running around and trying to get something from people. Um, and it, it was only maybe, I don't know, eight years ago that I started to learn, well, maybe I had a misunderstanding about that. And I remember when I, when I met you, Robert, one of the one of the first things I saw about you is your approach to, to life and people and relationships is, is all about how can you be of service? How can you help people? Um, so for anybody that might be listening in the same way that I was years ago, thinking networking is um, selfish in some way or inauthentic, could you, could you help, us, uh, help us all understand a deeper level what networking is all about? Man, that the answer to the answer to your question is, of course, definitely. Um, you know, when I started networking, and let me go get a little bit of the, um, because I was unconsciously incompetent. I didn't know. I didn't know. I I was basically doing exactly what you just you know described. The reason why I originally got involved in networking is an acquaintance of my parents, Harvey McKay. He's written many different books. Um, I looked at him as like the grandfather of networking. You know. It was back in 1983, coming out of Minnesota, and he ended up, through his networking abilities, brought Lou Holtz in to coach the Minnesota Gophers. The year before, they had won one game and all the rest losses. They were outscored by their opponents three to one. Lou Holtz, if you don't know who he is, he was one of the he had coached in the NFL. He's one of the pristine college coaches. And so he brought them in, and within two years, they actually got back into the bowl games. And I said, man, what a great skill. And then I came across the thing that your net worth is in direct relationship to the value of your network. So I went about perfecting the art of networking. You know, and, and I believe that if you really have your intentions clear on what you want to accomplish, and I believe networking is an art. So it's how you attract how you retain the right relationships and the transformation they're going to have because they've got a relationship with you. Now, in my mind, and you brought up an interesting point, Daniel, in my mind, I was an extrovert. Well, when I met the lady that I was mentioning that I ended up getting married to, she sort of like begged to differ with me. And she said, you know, you're really not an extrovert, you're an introvert. And then I was listening to 
Ivan Meisner one time, who was the founder of BNI. And he had the same kind of communication with his wife. And she told him that, again, he wasn't an extrovert, he was an introvert, but because of the situation circumstances, you know, he was what you would look at as a situational extrovert. <laughs> he learned how to ask the right questions. And that's really part of the key to networking. Learning how to, number one, ask the right questions. Because in networking, and I love acronyms, I, I look at USC. Now, that's not the college in Southern California. But it means understanding who you're speaking with. So I want to know what they do, what they're doing, what their intentions of what they want to actually create. So I'm understanding them. Then, as, as you, know, you pointed out earlier um, in our conversation, is be of service. Figure out what you can do to help them. One of the key aspects of networking is sort of like opening a bank account. You need to make deposits before you can make withdrawals. So figure out how you can focus on being a value, a trusted advisor. You know, you probably heard the expression, no like and trust. It's not no like and trust, or that's not what you really want. It's no love and trust. You want people to be in love with who you are based on the fact that you're a trusted buyer, you're there to serve them. And then the C is connect from human to human and focus on collaborations, not transactions. And if you do that properly, transactions will happen over a period of time or referrals, or if nothing else, after you've gotten through a, you know, a conversation with somebody, you're gonna feel good because you know that you showed up and gave him or them massive value. Beautiful. That's that's awesome. You know, and, and one of the things that came to mind when you you sharing that, Robert, is I, I made a study years ago of leadership. I never thought about leadership my whole life. And then because I wanted to do something and then it grew and I was running some events, you know, one day I looked up and I said, oh, man, I'm in a position of leadership. So I was like, okay, I better study about this and learn about it. And one of the lines that just so struck me from that, I think it was John Maxwell, said, uh, actually, it might have been um, Theodore Roosevelt. I don't know. It, it was somebody. Um, and, uh, and he had names, two names. It was a man. And he said, nobody cares um, what you know until they know how much you care. Right. Um, and that's a lot of what I hear you sharing there, um, which, you know, like when, when I had the first perception of, of networking, it was not about caring. Um, you know, and it's similar, like there's so many misconceptions about business. There's often the conception that sales is about getting something from somebody, you know, and I know from, from my, my own work in the coaching world over the last many years that like, I want to meet someone and find out what do they need? What's going on with them? Can I even be of service with, to them? You know, and that's also what I hear you saying. It's like, you're never going to, like a doctor is never going to, um, give a diagnosis until they hear what's actually going on. They're not going to prescribe something until they understand. Um, so, you know, and I remember when I did start reframing what network was, then I came across um, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, liner saying that, you know, network marketing is the business of the future. And, and I think he caught some flack for that. And I, I had to dig into it a little bit um, to understand what it is. Um, and I think there was, there's a lot of brilliance to that. So what would you say in terms of, you know, 
like the misunderstandings around network marketing and, and, and what do you think Robert meant by that? I'm not exactly sure what he meant, but I agree with that whole thing because I'm in the MLMIA Hall of Fame. I'm very pro MLM or network marketing. I believe that if people really understood this way of doing business, everybody would be involved in this kind of business. No, they're not. You know, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of network marketing or MLM. Um, but really, it's an affiliate program that, you know, most network marketing companies today are what I call a hybrid. It's like they're a cross between the kind of car that takes gasoline and is electric. And they're a hybrid. It's really about customer acquisition. We've, we've known of affiliate programs for a long time. You know, for example, Amazon started off as an affiliate. Most of your airlines or credit card companies have got an affiliate that is linked with them if you want, if you recognize it and want to take advantage of it. So based on technology and everything else like this, again, it's more of a hybrid. It's more of an affiliate with a leverage back end. Now, part of the reason why it got a negative perception is because a lot of people were just, you know, number one, making ridiculous claims and just trying to focus people on doing the business. Part of the myth in MLM or network marketing is the fact that most people think if I get you involved, that you're going to be there working for me. That's a myth. The reality is if I get you involved because you say that you are looking for something better in your life. And to me, MLM is, stands for making life meaningful. But if I get you involved in an MLM company, I'm actually there working for you. You're not working for me because what I'm really looking for is more of your time, energy, and effort. Jim Rowan probably said it the best. If people believe the promise, they'll pay the price. The price is getting out of their comfort level, talking to people that they might not know, you know, which is contrary to our programming. Because my guess is, Danny, you grew up, you, your, your parents probably taught you something very similar to what mine taught me. Don't talk to strangers. Now I'm going to tell you, you can make a fortune by turning strangers into friends. That's how you and I originally met. We showed up at a networking event. You know, the magic happens when you do the one-on-one. -on -one. Most people are, you know, because they're too focused on transactions rather than collaborations. They're not branding themselves, they're branding something else. You know, people need to be branding who they are, not the fact that they're selling this or working with this company. So, but again, if I, in my opinion, if people really understood this kind of profession, everybody would be involved in it. Yeah, beautiful. And, and, and I'm with you. I, I, I feel like there's so much in the world um, and, and network marketing. MLM is a great example of it where people have a misunderstanding or a small part of the picture and so make a judgment about it. And I remember a couple of years ago, and I'm still repeating this frequently, the quotation from Einstein, condemnation without investigation is the purest form of ignorance. Um, you know, and it's so easy for any of us and, and not to blame any, it's understandable if we have one negative experience or um, get some kind of association and then we don't, we don't say, well, wait a minute, what, what was really going on with that was, you know, were they in a bad mood or was that a misunderstanding or, you know, so to be able to 
look at things and, and really investigate and find out and consider for ourselves. It's so valuable. So I'll take that actually as a, as a segue into another one. Um, and and I'll, I'll preface this a little bit because part of what I'm looking at right now, um, because I've been, uh, for me in my life, I've had one foot in the world of consciousness, spirituality. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I really had a, a hippie orientation. And I love some of the values that, that we associate with the 60s and the hippie values. Um, but I've always had another part of me that's been entrepreneurial and business-minded and understanding value. And right now here in uh, on Maui, right, as people are processing the the grief and, and the challenge in so many different ways, you know, one of the ways that people are, some people are looking at what's going on is they're saying, well, they're blaming and they're saying it's because of these big entities and the corporations and greed and, um, you know, and there may be truth to all of that. I'm not um, here to debate that, but, but I often see that there are people that don't have resources that get upset about people that do and think that somehow that's the enemy. And, you know, and I know you came from a family where there was uh, business success and wealth, right? And you left that in some way and you created your own success in, in business and created yourself to be affluent. Um, yet I also know you to be someone who's um, extremely caring, which we've already seen here. You know, you're about relationships and adding value and you're a man who has a very strong spiritual base, what, what would you say in terms of the relationship between financial abundance and, and vibrant living and uh, caring in the world? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it makes sense. Um, I mean, a, a lot of everything is based on your balance and, and your perspective, no matter what it is that we're doing. Um, you know, I see a lot of people that however they come across, you know, attract wealth. They misuse what they could be using that for. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, and one of the mistakes that I see most people are making, is they're too focused on the differences rather than the similarities. Us as human beings, because that's really what it all comes down to. There's a lot more similarities than differences. You know, to me, I like to get rid of judgment and I like to take a look at what I can do to be of value to other beings. Because again, and it's appropriate that we're talking about this right now. And let me explain why. We all have two B days, a birthday and a box day. The time and in between those two B days is a dash. And why it's appropriate for me to start talking about this right now is my mom in the last seven, 10 days, just passed away. And I take a look at, because she had a lot of money, and I take a look at what are the people that really knew her thinking about her. And the people that I know that really know her are not thinking positively the majority of them. Hmm. Now, that sort of guided me and the way it's sort of guided me as I take a look at my purpose and as it relates to what I'm passionate about, it's how can I live a life of meaning based on making a true positive impact in as many people as we can. That's one of the reasons why I think 
that we really get along so well, Daniel, because I know that's a lot about what you're about. You know, you're focused on making positive impact in other people. So um, anyhow, that would be how I would respond as it relates to what you just talked, what, what you're talking about. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, and, you know, and it's, I, th I think it's worth mentioning since you, you brought up your, your mom and, you know, and I guess, yeah, seven, 10 days ago. And something that I think is, um, you know, a, a credit to you and an example for all of us, like I invited you to be a guest on the show. You know, I knew you'd bring great value to the show and you said yes right away to it saying, yeah, I can, uh, I can show up and deliver. And it happens to be on the day of your, uh, you know, day of your anniversary. So we'll make sure we end right on time. Right. And I called you up last week to talk about something related to what I needed from you for the show or something like that. Yeah. Right away. You answered the phone. I said, how you doing? And, and, you know, amazingly part of what you said is, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. And my mom just died. Right. You know, and that's such a huge thing. So what do you think is it in you that gives you that ability to, um, you know, to, to be with life's challenges, to be with life's up and down, ups and downs, yet always be, you know, so radiant, so alive, so um, positive. Well, first of all, it's coming to the realization there's always going to be ups and downs. It's how you react to them. One of the things I learned a while back, life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. There's always a silver lining, so to speak. And the other part of it, and because I really believe in self-talk and, you know, the things that, how you communicate and express yourself to other people. And it, we sort of reflect back when I was listening to uh, Doc, uh, not Dr. Michael Gerber, when he came across the book, you know, he wrote the book, The E-Myth, and then The E-Myth Revisited. And he talks about four to five entrepreneurs are going to fail in the first five years. And he goes on and says, you know, of the 20% that make it five years, don't breathe a sigh of relief because four to five of you are going to fail in the next five years. And I'm listening to my self-talk. And my self-talk was not me. Failure was not an option. I knew that as I went through the journey, and Ben Sweetland talks about success as the journey, not the destination. So I knew that as I'm continually out in these uncharted waters that I was going to be taking, that I'm going to have different experiences. And one of my mentors used to say, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So it's like, do you allow an experience to stop you from accomplishing the things that you want or do you use it as a stepping stone? Then my real first in-life mentor would tell me attitude of gratitude. You've got to be grateful for where you are as you're going to where you deserve to be. See, the mind works faster than reality. And the processes that you go through to have the breakthroughs that you're going to have are going to serve you. And the example is like if you were ever watching a chicken trying to get out of an egg as they're licking the boring, I mean, the natural tendency is to help them. But if you do, you're going to make them weaker and they might not even survive. So it's understanding everything that I'm going to go through as I'm going to be mentoring other people. I can look them in the eyes, speak from the heart, be empathetic. And number one, relate and then give them hope because really what hope is helping other people elevate. That's, you know, in reality, what we're really offering other people, being there to help them realize that 
what they're dealing with will serve them and that they're going to break through and you're there to help them break through. That's beautiful, Robert. You, um, yeah, you, you've got, you got some very helpful and catchy phrases, ways of understanding things. And I can see that that is wisdom that you have garnered over many years. Um, you said something in, in the midst of that uh, beautiful response about, about your self-talk. And uh, I want to go back to that for a minute because something I'm working with one of my coaches on right now is, you know, I'm in the process of creating a new level to my way of being in the world. I'm, I'm recreating myself every day all the time. And so as I'm taking a step back and doing that in a more conscious way right now, part of what I'm aware of and what comes up is I say, what are my own judgments of myself? What are the ways that I tend to criticize myself? You know, and I've been, I've been in personal and spiritual development, like obsessed for 25 years. And I'm still, as I go to this next level, I'm finding, Oh, look at that. I'm, I'm punishing myself. I'm judging myself. I'm criticizing myself for things and, you know, and, and then doing my best to meet those things with love and let them go and recreate myself. But, you know, did you, you know, with the positive self-talk that you have, is that something you've always had or, you know, did you, did you change that? And how do you work with that? What, what can you tell people about that who resonate with what I'm saying? Sure. Um, number one, I recognize that the first key in, in any kind of change is recognizing the reality. So once I recognize the impact of self-talk, and I'm not going to tell you that I just went from recognizing it to mastering it because I didn't, because quite often people are talking about having certain goals and um, I will be making X dollars, I will do, be doing this. Well, if that's your self-talk, you will always be in the state of doing, not getting there. Hmm. So you want sometimes you need to shift and evolve. So it might be something like, I am prosperous and abundant. I am this. The two most powerful words in your self-talk are I am. And you're stating into um, acknowledging what, you know, who you are and what you are, not the fact that you will be making X. You will be doing this. I will be losing 10, 10 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever it is. You know, I am perfectly fit and abundant. And, you know, so the more that you start understanding and studying and listening to or how you um, are able to come across the right information, you're going to modify what you do to make it work more impactful and effective for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, all right. So there's, there's a good transition to something else that I've been um, eager to get your perspective on. Um, you know, there, there's a saying uh, that goes around in the network marketing world that what real what network marketing is really about and people that get involved and succeed, they succeed because they really start to develop themselves, that it's a great vehicle for um, for personal development or personal growth. Um, so, you know, is that has that is that your experience of it? And, and how does you know, how does your work relate to personal growth? Well, I'm a very strong advocate of personal growth. That's what changed me. You know, Jim Rohn used to say, I wish, don't wish things were easier, wish that you were better. 
you know, and many people have talked about the fact that network marketing is really about personal growth. And, you know, I quite often will tell people when I started, because I started in the 80s, became full-time September 7th, 1990. I've never worked a job psychologically unemployable as my good friend Jeffrey, Co Jeffrey Combs coined that uh, phraseology. Um, but, you know, the, you know, basically it's the person I became because of the process that I went went through and so i had to change it but so when i started back many years ago i spent a lot of money into attending the events buying the books buying the cassettes and the cds along the process today if you know where to find it you can get it for free you can go to youtube and for example and google jim Rohn, take charge of your life who to me is one of the best out there as far as overall business philosophy. I mean, think about it. He was Tony Robbins' mentor. Herbalife paid him, gave him a million dollar a year raise, more than he was already making. I don't know how much he was making at the time, but they paid him a million dollars a year more not to speak in front of any other network marketing company. So, you know, there's a reason why people quite often settle. You know, whatever whatever baggage they might be holding on to, um, the patterns that they're in, you know, that they've allowed to exist in their life. And so one of the things I talked about in my book, you want to create interdependent, not codependent relationships. So it's helping, you know, it's helping people evolve and shift consciousness. One of the things I learned a long time ago, if you build people, people build businesses. So again, um, my experience is, is personal growth is you know very important no matter what you, as it relates to the changes that you should or want to make to create the kind of results that you want in your life. Yeah, well, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I'm curious then, and you may not have any answer to this, I don't know, but um, you pointed to something fascinating, like for you, when you... When, when you were kind of growing up in this world, you had, you had to go out and spend some bucks on getting the resources, you know, cassette tapes. And I remember buying cassette tapes too um, in this world. And, and I tallied it up recently and I spent, I think I've spent um, almost three quarters of a million dollars now on personal development and coaches for myself, which I'm thrilled about. And you're so right though, like these days, the resources are there. I mean, to be able to watch an old clip of Earl Nightingale or Jim Rohn, like people, I mean, people had to travel for, you know, thousands of miles to be able to see that before. And now it's all there. What, what do you think, like, what makes the difference? Why do some people value that? And it's not just about the money. Of course, putting money in is, is one way that we tend to value things or a measure of it. But why do some people just naturally go to that and say, I'm going to develop myself. Like, like that quotation you said, you know, don't wish for things to get better, make yourself better. Why do some people go for it? And some people, you know, not seem to get there. You know, some people just get in the habit of settling, you know, living an okay life. Other people have some kind of defining moment, whatever that might be in their life and, you know, come to the realization there's something more, you know, one of the ones, one of the movies I love to point to, which is The Lion King, because I think it's a perfect example. 
you know, there's different ways that fear shows up in our lives. And there's three different acronyms of fear. And the first one happened when Simba, the, you know, the king of uh, Mufasa's, um, you know, the, the son of Mufasa who was going to ultimately be it's one day the king of the jungle. You know, somehow he felt that, you know, he was responsible because his uncle sort of like tricked him to the death of his father. So that's false evidence appearing real. The next acronym of fear is F everything and run. And that's what he did. He didn't want to deal with it. And this is quite often where other people, they're not taking responsibility. They're, they're willing to settle. They're, li they're willing to live an okay life rather than an exceptional life. So that's what he did, the second acronym of fear. And all of a sudden, there was a scene in the movie where his father came back from the hereafter as he was looking in this puddle as he had been sort of like kicking back and just existing. And this is where a lot of people are. And his father said, son, you are more than you have become. And so the third acronym of fear is face everything and rise. And so what he did is he went back and confronted his uncle and took back the kingdom that he was born, the rights that he was born into. So, you know, that would be the way I would look at it. People get in the habit of settling. You know, sometimes there's that defining moment that says enough is enough. I mean, Jim Rohn, one example, because we mentioned him a couple of times, he caught himself lying to a Girl Scout. You know, she came soliciting to sell her, to sell him Girl Scout cookies. And rather than telling her the truth, he said, I've already bought some. That was one of his defining moments. But it's recognizing those defining moments and saying enough is enough. Wow, that's that's awesome. There's a lot of richness in there. And, and somehow when you mentioned fear, I was on the edge of my seat thinking, Robert's got to have some acronyms for this. Come on, I know it's going to be there. And, um, and the first two that you gave, I knew, but that was the first time I'd heard that third one face everything and rise. That's brilliant. Um, and, you know, and, and I love that you mentioned the Lion King because I got touched as you were saying that. I remember taking my daughter to see the uh, the live show in Singapore. She was probably a little bit too young because I remember we were sitting in the front row and a couple of times she's like, jumps back like this. I was like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. We can deal with our fear here too. It's all right. Um, and what you said about Jim Rohn, I didn't know that particular story, which is, which is cool. I think though, let's, let's tease out a little bit more there because yeah, that was a uh, defining moment for him that he caught himself in that lie, but clearly it wasn't just that he caught himself in that lie, right? He must have, um, in the way I would phrase it is he must've restored integrity. He must've done something to fix that, um, or clean it up. Is that, does that make sense? You know, it definitely makes sense. I mean, he obviously had clarity of his reality. He was committed. You know, again, I like a lot of C's. He was committed to make the changes necessary. He had the confidence to make the you know, changes. Again, lots of C's. He realized he had to make different choices, another C. And um, he needed to be congruent, another C, with what he said and what he did. And that led him to the last C, which is certainty of the results that he ended up accomplishing because he was willing to pay the price. Yeah. Thank you. That's really nicely said. And, um, 
you know, I, I think that, that that is a, a superpower to be able to, to admit that we've made mistakes. Right. And, um, it's another one that I see right now in uh, the current situation on here on Maui. Um, like, again, one of the ways that people process grief is to um, blame others. And one of the ways that people um, respond is by avoiding responsibility. Nobody wants to feel responsible for everything. Yet, when we take, you know, even if it says something as seemingly small as, catching ourselves in a lie saying I bought Girl Scout cookies already when there's no purpose, right? There's no reason he had to say that. He could have just said, no, thank you. Um, that, that when we're able to do that and step back and, and, and be committed to being more, that's a superpower, right? So do you have any, um, any examples in your, in your own life, Robert, where you, where you struggled with something or, you know, you were kind of up against it and then you ended up learning something and, and rising up higher? You know, we all have challenges. And I look at challenges as making me stronger. And, um, you know, I've been stabbed in the back and I could go into that, um, you know, but the point is it's not how or what, it's how you process that, processes it. Meaning that life isn't happening to me, it's happening for me. So have I had challenges? Yes, but my mindset is always there. It's my mindset. And a lot of that is because of the foundation from the personal growth that I've done and the fact that I can see certainty and I know no matter what comes my way, I don't care what it is, that I'm going to figure out how to go either over it, around it, through it, under it, whatever the case is. So, I mean, yeah, I'm human. I have challenges because I'm not sitting still. I mean, I've been stabbed back and I believe it makes me a stronger person. And so it's how you process the things that happen to you. And, you know, you take a look at a negative, for example. And, you know, Zig Ziglar used to say it the best, turn lemons into lemonade. A negative is a horizontal line. So how do you make a negative a positive? Draw a vertical line through it. Now you've got the positive side. So it's like, okay, this is happening to me, you know, or it's not happening to me, but it's happening for me. And how do I make the best out of my situation? Yeah, nice. Beautifully said. All right, cool. Well, uh, you know, I know time is flying along um, for all of us, including your uh, exciting dinner out with your bride today. Um, and... Um, I have a feeling that um, you've, you've created something uh, and a gift for our audience. Is that true? I've definitely created a gift for the audience. It's got a value of a thousand dollars. It's not going to cost you any money. And that's 30 minutes with me that I will open up my vault. I've opened it up to you, which I know that you found some value there. Mm -hmm. Plus I'm going to understand going back to what I mentioned earlier which is understanding whatever's going on in your life. You know, there's very few things that somebody else is going to say to me that I'm not going to be able to figure out how to relate with it, how to give you a couple of different ideas of what you might want to do to um, take things to the next level. 
Um, so um, you know, I can give you my calendar link or you can put it in the chat, um, whichever is going to be the best. But all you have to do is, uh, actually, let me give it, make it easier. Let me give you a number and you just, you, all you have to do, because chances are you're watching this on your iPhone. So if you text WIN, W-I-N, all small letters, you know, again, my name's Robert Butwin with Robert, you do nothing but WIN. So if you text WIN to 707-870-9474, again, 707-870-9474, text WIN, and mention, you know, put the name Daniel. So that I know, you know, where you where you heard me talk, you know, the, where I, where you're coming from, and then I'm happy to talk to you about anything or any, anything that you want to talk about as it relates to the things that are happening in your life, and you know how I can help you as a, you know take whatever's going on to the next level, right? create whatever breakthrough you might need or want. You know, that's what changed my life. Listening to other people that I respected and that I trusted and I knew that they knew what they were talking about. Yeah, that's, that's really nicely said. So I just put that, um, that number in the, uh, on the screen there and in the chat. So whatever, uh, Avenue y'all are tuning in, whatever platform you're tuning in from live or rebroadcast, you've got it there. And, um, you know, to me, that's been, I think, one of the greatest lessons in my life. You know, whatever success I've been able to create in my life, um, you know, I mentioned leadership earlier, and I don't feel like by any means I'm, I'm a great leader or a natural leader, though somehow I've had the, the, the clarity, wisdom, or humility, or all of that to know that I become a better person when I reach out to others, especially ones that have experience or success or knowledge that I don't have. Um, and, you know, to have your many, many years, you know, hall of fame networking, uh, experience there. It's, it's a really generous gift, Robert. So I appreciate that you're offering that to people and I encourage people to take you up on it, you know, and, um, it, it's, it's, we, we always become more by who we associate with. So awesome. Thank you for that. Go yeah, ahead. You were going to say something else. Let me make one quick comment. When you and I had our one-on-one, -on -one, one of the people I introduced you to, because sometimes it's just that connection, and we were talking about him earlier, Tony. And think mm. of the impact that Tony you know, um, had because of I opened that door for you. So, yes. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's, I think part of the wisdom of that too is, especially for, you know, I know some of us, some of our audience will be listening and saying, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little stuck or, or even I'm, I'm hurting with something right now. And to, to say yes to the opportunity, whatever it is that the one that's in front of us to say, yes, we never know where that's going to lead. Right. And, and absolutely, you know, you, you introduced me to Tony and Tony's introduced me to other people and every, every step leads us forward when, when we say yes to life, when we say, let's see, let's, let's play with it. That's fantastic. You know, as you're saying that, you know what it reminds me of, and it's so relevant to what everything that we're talking about. There was an actual movie, and it was called Yes with Jim Carrey. Yeah. You know, did you ever watch that? 
Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll interrupt you for a second to say this because years ago, one of my teachers who was like a extreme, extreme, some people called him an enlightened teacher. He wouldn't call himself that. But one of the things he did is in the late 70s, no, late 60s, he was from the UK, moved to the US and he was like ruthlessly developed, ruthlessly devoted to his own evolution. And on his own, he decided to make an experiment to say yes to everything that everybody asked him. And so he did this for three months and he was living in San Francisco at the time. And he talked about how challenging it was because he'd be, you know, going into work one day and then someone said, would say to him, hey, would you like to come over for dinner tonight? Well, yes. And then, you know, he'd uh, meet somebody on the street and they'd say, hey, would you like to give me some money? So, well, yes. And he'd give them money. And then a little while later, that someone else would say, hey, would you help me move my furniture tonight? And he'd say yes, but he'd already said yes to this person. So I remember really well when that movie came out with Jim Carrey, because, you know, for those of us that had been with that teacher, we we're like, oh, look, it's his movie. And, and what a brilliant movie. Um, and, you know, and Jim Carrey, a, a resident or part time resident of Maui, played it so well. Um, so sorry, I got excited to. But yes, it was an amazing movie. Were you going to say more about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you put the uh, finale on what I, I hope, the door that I opened. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's um, it is such a powerful thing, and and I I joke about it often when I'm working with people like, you know, just if we're doing physical stuff or or yoga or anything like, yeah, you know, move around and move your head and you know shake your head no and feel what that's like because you're saying no to life, no to opportunity, and and then say you know nod your head a bit. That's saying yes to life, and that goes right back to what you said before about um, you know life is happening for us not to us. And if we can take what's coming and say, yes, okay, that's the reality of it. That's the way it's showing up right now. And even if we're, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, judging ourselves or having some negative self-talk, if we can start by saying, oh, look at that, I'm beating myself up. Okay. Well, now that I'm aware of that, now that I'm realizing that, um, admitting it, what else do I want to choose? Because we can't get anywhere else by saying no. Yeah. Great point. Sometimes a simple change as it relates to the way you think of what you're doing is all the difference to get you from okay to greatness. Let me give you another example. You are here wherever you are now. If you want to get there, wherever there is for you, what's the difference from here to there? The letter T in front of here. So sometimes some kind of simple change, like instead of saying no, say yes. Um, change of thinking, change of action. Understand the habits that you've gotten into that are not allowing you to create the greatness that you're destined to create. And it starts with the knowingness that there's something more out there for you. Beautifully said. Yeah. Um, there's that great line uh, attributed to the Buddha that um, in order to become who you really are, you have to let go of who you've been, right? And and part of why I don't like the word enlightenment or enlightened is because it implies there's some termination point, some before and after, some off and on, when really what life is about is becoming more and more true to who we really are all the time, which is infinity, infinite possibility. Yeah. Let me expand upon that because this is, Please. you just hit another really key point. There's 
so much misinformation in the marketplace that virtually the one thing that almost anybody and everybody that I talk to can agree upon is that we know that we don't know the truth. So when you're talking about enlightenment, you know, it needs people like you, Daniel, like myself, that are bringing the light to the world because, again, there is so much misinformation, and I could talk about all these different lightning rods, but we all know what they are. So we don't need to, you know, be specific on one or another. But they need people that are conscious human beings, like you are, Daniel, that are helping people, helping people shift um, their false beliefs so that they can become more effective and productive in the world. Beautifully said. Thank you, Robert. Um, we are coming up against the top of the hour soon. So uh, I got two last questions for you. Um, one is the big final question. Before I get to that, um, you know, you've generously offered uh, people a way of contacting you, a gift to connect with you. And let's, um, let's pop that back up on the screen here, how people can reach you. Um, and um, aside from that, if somebody um, is, for whatever reason, I was going to say crazy enough not to take up on that advantage, but you never know what's going on for people. Um, if they uh, aren't ready for that or don't want to take advantage of that right now, how else can people um, you know, tune into what you are doing in the world? Every Thursday, I'm do, I've got a room on Clubhouse. It's under the brand Landy Big Whales. And we talk about how to prosper in questionable times. The reason I picked that title, and Jim Feldman, who's a billion-dollar marketer, I've mentioned him before, he's, a, he's amazing. He's going to normally be with me, plus a lot of other in, um, enlightened, high-quality human beings, um, sharing different ideas and perspectives of what other people could prosper. But the reason I picked that title is because most people are always going to have questionable times. Our objective is help them get more clarity so that they don't have to deal with questionable times. So that would be one way. The other thing, you could just send me an email or go to um, Google, search my name. There'll be a way you'll find out where I am. But my email is butwin at gmail.com. Or you could go to YouTube and put my name in, Robert Butwin, and search me there. Um, I'm pretty easy to find. And that's all organic growth at this point. Someday I'm going to shift my consciousness and actually start really taking uh, more of a proactive, you know, promoting myself. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, great. So various ways people can get in touch with you. Um, awesome. I'm so grateful that you've been with us so far. Um, Robert, would it be okay? Are you ready for me to ask you the, the big final question? You know, my response is if you watch the movie Rudy as he ran out of the tunnel to play in his first note or last Notre Dame game, I was born ready. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. Well, so, you know, given we've talked about so much and you've shared so much wisdom and so many brilliant acronyms, right, that um, I'm going to have to rewatch the show and write all of them down myself. Um, all that said, for our audience, for the viewers, for wherever people are in their life right now, and knowing that what this show is all about is helping people to create, live, and enjoy vibrant, thriving lives. What would you say is the number one most important thing people can do or not do in order to create their vibrant, thriving life? 
Well, first of all, I'm not going to focus on the not do. I'm going to focus on the do. And here's the key aspect of everything. It doesn't matter where you start in life or where you are now. The keys are the direction you're headed. Now, you can always change your direction, but where you choose to end up. Life is about the choices that we make. So you can always, you, you can always make the choice to shift directions. I've had to do it a couple of different times because, again, you, you, create, you are responsible for the narrative of the movie that you're going to create for your own life. Choice. It's all about choice. It doesn't matter where you started or even where you are. It's about where you want to go. So nicely said, Robert. Thank you. Well, I think, um, I think with that um, as a beautiful conclusion, uh, dot on the exclamation of all this brilliance that you brought us here, Robert, we will wrap up. So again, thank you for being with us today and all that you're doing in the world. And for y'all, the viewers and listeners, thank you for not only for tuning in, but you know, if you've invested this time with us, I know that that means like Robert focuses on the doing, you're not just thinking about creating a vibrant life, you're doing something about it, you're investing in yourself, you're learning, and, um, and, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. So I'm super grateful that you tuned in, that you've given us your attention, that you're devoted to that, and we will see you again on the next show next week. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Mahalo for tuning in to the Art of Vibrant Living show, y'all. I'm Daniel Aaron, and may you live with great vibrancy.